0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 361, entitled No Script Show, Episode 4. What is intrinsic web design? It was published on Thursday, the 15th of February, 2024. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and in a few moments I'll be joined by David Wormsley from the No Script Show podcast. More about that in a moment. But before then, a few bits of housekeeping. If you like what we do on WP Builds, we'd sincerely appreciate you liking, subscribing, sharing everything that we do with your friends, colleagues, relations. A good way to stay in touch with everything that we do is to head to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, fill in some forms, check out some social channels, and share as much as you like. If you want to know specifics about the content that we're creating each week, head to our schedule page, wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. Take a look over there. It's a calendar, and on that calendar will be events that we're running during the course of this week. Typically, that's a podcast on a Thursday, that's what you're listening to now, but also the This Week in WordPress show, which happens on a Monday, the Speed It Up show, which happens on a Thursday, and then we've got various shows scattered throughout the month, for example, the UI UX show and a variety of webinars. So once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule, there are calendar links so that you can add it to your very own calendar. The last thing to mention is our advertise page. If you would like to get your product or service out in front of a WordPress-specific audience, which is what we have, then head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise to find out more. The WP Builds Podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro, to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. Once more, go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, what have we got for you this week? Well, a few weeks ago, just before Christmas, I told you that David Wormsley was leaving the WP builds podcast. Soon after that, we started a new podcast, which is not to do with WordPress, but is still in the web space. It's called the no script show. And I decided to hijack the WP builds podcast for a few episodes, probably four, five, six, seven, something like that. And we're on episode four of this new show. We're talking about intrinsic web design. If you enjoy this, please head over to noscript.show, that's the website, noscript.show, and you'll be able to see the website that we're creating over there, and you'll be able to see why what we're talking about is going to be important for the web of the future. And today, it's all about intrinsic design. So we're asking the question, well, what is intrinsic design? And really, we're dissecting the views of Jen Simmons, who came up with this concept And we're looking at the historical progression of web layouts and the transition from fixed designs to fluid and responsive. We're also looking at the shift towards letting content dictate the size and alignment and the challenges and opportunities that this presents to web designers. So I hope that you enjoy it. Remember, noscript.show. Go and subscribe to that podcast because it won't keep going for all that much longer over on the WP Builds channel. And I hope that you enjoy it. Hello there, welcome to this episode four of the NoScript Web Show, which is all about modern front end web design. We'll be looking at what we can build today with minimal dependencies and skills. Today we're talking about intrinsic web design, a term coined by Jen Simmons in her 2018 talk, which was called Everything You Know About Web Design Just Changed. She is a graphic designer, educator, and speaker, a member of the CSS Working Group who worked on CSS grid layouts. She worked as a developer advocate at Mozilla and later at Apple. Um, we'll be adding our perspective to Jen's talks on the history of web layouts and asking what it means for us. I cannot have these conversations by myself. And as always, I'm joined by David Wormsley. How are you doing,
1: David? Oh, very well. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good introduction. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad that you wrote it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so shall we start? We've got some headers, haven't we? Yeah, We've got a, um and was started with uh, what the heck is intrinsic design which uh, I I do remember on the first episode we were doing for this show I mentioned that and then chucked it at you and said do you have a definition of what it is? <laughs> and, of and the answer I was I really didn't. And, and to yeah. be honest with you I'm still a little bit easy
0: on it because there isn't a, an exact dictionary dif- definition, is there? So.
1: No, of course not. And I think, you know, I get from the the talk itself that Jen did is that she's just wanting to signify, whether you use it or not, I think she even says, you know, just wanted to say that I think with the technology we have and the approaches we have to web designing, that it warrants uh, another name other than just a, a bit more responsive. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Responsive plus. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I, I thought there's a good, we've got it actually up on the screen there. There's a quite a good quote, I think. Um, well, it's taken from a tweet from Jeffrey Zeldman, who's paraphrasing Jen Simmons. And uh, I quite like that as my way of understanding uh, uh, intrinsic design as being something different to responsive design. um, I'll read it out for the people who
0: are listening to this. So Jeffrey in his tweet said, um, we're programming a flexibility model, not telling elements exactly where to sit and how to look. So it's very much sort of open-ended.
1: Yeah, and I think that probably with the technology, with the way that we have with CSS Grid particularly and Flexbox before that, in a way, when we got Flexbox, we tended to not use it for its flexibility. We tended to set the, the kind of fixed widths on it. But now, all of these kind of ways that the browser can now calculate the size of items and align them for us according to the user that they find, do the calculations for us. I think that's what she's getting over, I think, with this. And that is slightly different from the responsive designs. Because when we got that, we just thought it was a reaction with the media queries, I think, to... Um, having the iPhone. So we thought, well, okay, we need another version of the phone with the iPhone. We'll use the media queries. And then we'll just design something and we will fix where things exactly are going to sit and look, you know, where they're going to sit and look. Yeah. Where I think now we're moving away from that. We're now thinking, well, you know what? We'll never know. There's so many different devices out there. Let's stop trying to do let Let's, let's let the content decide the the size that it needs. And I think that's probably the big thing about it.
0: I think that's quite a hard thing for us to get into our heads as well because mm. we really have spent a long time, decades, on the internet trying to get things to look exactly as we wish them to look and to know exactly where every pixel will be with any given device. So if yeah. you were to open up a tablet and I, you could tell me the dimensions of it, I would be able to predict exactly where this this div or yeah. card or content piece would be but this is this is a bit more this is a bit different isn't it you you just sort of generally say okay these things will probably be about there but i'm not entirely sure based upon that device because everything is entirely and i'm going to use your word squishy um, yes squishy. everything can sort of move in its own way and it will be very hard because the mass is being carried out on the fly as opposed to it being based upon viewport so at some point it, it does exactly this this is a much more fluid. It's doing whatever it says in a in a kind of curved way. You know, if it's if, if we move things, if we make the viewport smaller, all of these pieces are going to move over, but we're not entirely sure where they're going
1: to end up. So yeah. Yeah, that's a new challenge. And I think it's very different from the way that we've looked when we borrowed from print and we've looked at Generally, we thought of templates, we make our boxes, and then we put the content into those boxes, and we think, oh, okay, that box won't sit there, i will have to go underneath on the mobile, and we do that. But we still think of it as the same fix box, where now this suddenly this idea that, well, you're going to say, you know, you want this content to have enough room, but let the browser decide where it is, and you'll style this content. And I think it's just a complete mind flip. And I, I do think there's something that I thought was quite interesting, because... It's eight years on when Jen did this talk in two thousand and eighteen, from when the big list apart event talk was done. Um, that really brought in that Ethan Markoff brought in the responsive era. But he started that off with a quote, which goes back to 2000. I'll read that one because I've got it on my extra notes, which is we should embrace the fact that the web doesn't have the same constraints as print and designed for this flexibility. But first, all, we must accept the ebb and flow of things. And I think in a way, you know, what I think what Jen's doing in, with this one is, is having another crack at, if you like, at the same thing that we have to with better tools now to be able to do that to you know, get us to think about content. And it becomes a HTML first approach, isn't it? The, the You are styling to the HTML document and the content that you put in there rather than the kind of reverse where we style things and then kind of made the HTML stuff fit into the boxes we designed. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's
0: going to take a whole new generation of people to get into this system well i don't mean a new generation as in it has to be the younger people because obviously you are absolutely fascinated by this at the moment but you you are you are really going to have to not unlearn but just p- put a completely different layer over what you have already learned and be willing not to know quite where everything is, but I also think it's quite freeing because yeah. you can just put something on the page and be satisfied that it you know it'll do something a- adjacent to what I want, but i won 't know exactly where it is, and we 've been very much Focused on knowing exactly where everything is based upon the device size, and you know you only have to look inside the Chrome browser and things like that, and it's obviously got all the different devices mm-hmm. by name, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe that whole process will change because it'll just be you know drag it in from the left, drag it in from the right, and just see see if it's behaving in the way that you'd anticipated, and if not, rewrite the CSS to uh, to match exactly what your expectations were. But none yeah. of this is new, is it? Twenty what did you say? Twenty eighteen was when
1: Jen yeah, did this tw- talk. For that talk, yes. And then, you know, eight years before for responsive, but, you know, alluding to this ebb and flow thing that's been going on for ages, you know, going back to 2000. So it's always been there, this I- idea, I guess. It's just that the technology, because we can not so much have to set size into absolute pixels, you know, um, and we have a layout tool that does it. It does open up loads of. I I think creativity, I think that was her main thing because she's a designer coming at it. And actually, we can kind of talk about that, I guess, while we talk about the main part, a good part of her talk was about the history of web layout. So maybe we can just chat a little bit. For those people watching the YouTube, we have actually borrowed one of her slides to just show her kind of loose history of overlapping changes in the web going from only having flow only in the beginnings, in the 90s, to HTML tables, to Flash, to Fluid, where we would generally write our sites with percentages ourselves, to Fixed, where we ended up getting a lot of these frameworks in. The 960 framework was particularly popular, where we yeah. sorted everything into those fixed widths Then moving to Responsive, and then to the Unknown, which I think is catching on as intrinsic as an idea that we are. Perhaps in a new era. So, yeah, it seems to be the watchword of the moment, doesn't it?
0: The word "intrinsic design" seems to be popping up more yeah. and more, um, which I think is going to be the, uh, the the future for for the foreseeable future. However, the chart that we're showing on the page uh, probably does give us some intuition that intrinsic will be here for a period of time and then will be replaced by something in its turn. But for now, it does feel like it, yeah, it's the next evolution. She also, there was a little quote, and I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of, you know, in, in, in evolutionary terms, the mm-hmm. internet is that period where the fish grew, grew legs, you know, the fins became a little bit more rigid and suddenly some of the fish could could waddle out onto the land and, and all land-based yeah. uh, life, um, yeah. you know, which, can, which is mobile, came from that moment. And she was likening where we are to that with the internet. And I think that's a really good point. You get the impression that everything we've got now is the is the destination, but it isn't. We're just literally beginning the journey. And maybe, you know, a hundred years from now, the internet will still be around as probably entirely different in the way it's consumed and the kind of devices that are available. But probably look back on where we are now and it'll just be one of the one of the cards on Jen's charts. Intrinsic
1: design, oh how. Oh, how quaint yeah. that was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she was very much on the mission of the web as as opposed to just the internet keeping that, th- because the core foundations of that is that, you know, hasty mail, the ability to be able to share information with each other, you know, given to us for free for that and to keep it on board with that. And I don't know what you got from the her account of the history, but for me, it was a little bit about, because she frames it within this idea that you've got the designers who want things to just look pretty like hers and the... Kind of standards people who just go, we can't lose this thing where it's able to communicate with anybody, whatever the device they've got, whether they can't read or not. We need to keep that HTML markup good. And there's always been this battle of which she thinks is now kind of solved. And I mean, the two points I, I suppose in the in the story was the HTML tables. I mean, oh yeah, that, yeah, that made stuff pretty, but it ruined the web, didn't it? Yeah, a you, you know, you couldn't, can only imagine yeah. what the HTML markup of a of a tables based
0: layout looked like it would just be a uh, 99% junk that you don't
1: these days need, yeah. Exactly, and it couldn't work on all devices. It was useless for a good percentage of people who couldn't read the stuff, but it gave you graphics and pretties, you know. And then, of course, from Flash, it almost went entirely off, didn't it? Because then you got proprietary code, which was only effectively embedded in the HTML. It had no relationship to HTML, so it was unusable by basically anybody who wasn't signed up to, you know, to go in this whole proprietary route. So yeah. I think after after that point, I do think then we start to get into the more problems of like, okay, we have agreed that we, we need to keep the HTML clean and readable and serve everybody. And then the rest of it becomes, well, how do we make the design work? <laughs> that's you know?
0: right. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, if you could stare into the mind of people like uh, Vince Surt and, um, Oh, who's the other guy that's usually um, uh, regarded as one of the founders of the Internet? Um, Tim Berners-Lee, that's it. Oh, yes. Um, Tim Berners-Lee, back in the day when they came up with the, the idea of hyperlinks and all of that, yeah. it, just no intuition that the Internet would be anything other than an academic exercise that would probably be connected with a, a, a handful of computers in major universities, and that was it. And so the idea of moving text around was it. But then it just it exploded. Suddenly, people had this intuition that it could be used for a, a thousand different things, and well, everybody got really excited. Modems came along. We all got computers of one fashion or another. And like you say, HTML tables, suddenly people figured out, oh, we're going to make it look a bit like a magazine. Well, that was yeah. not expected, but it had to be crowbarred in. Then, obviously, everybody realized, well, hang on, we've lost the content somewhere. The actual content is just surrounded by a load of junk HTML that we don't need. But we really like it to look pretty. So who cares? We'll <laughs> make it look pretty even though people who can't see it can't, yeah. can't consume it. Like you said, Flash was just a little black box, well, a box that nothing yeah. could communicate with. And, and now we seem to have gotten full, gone full circle. And yeah. we're now hopefully at a stage
1: where it can look pretty, but it's just HTML. And it's look, it's it's web standards. It's keeping the web yeah. as one. I mean, I think the the worry with things like Flash was the break off. You know, you go to this proprietary thing. Suddenly, this free tool for communication that we can all use, which at its core is HTML. If that's lost, which it was really with breaking, uh, you know, HTML with tables and and then going off away from it with Flash. And she does make a little thing, and we'll we'll address that later. A little there's a. Passing comment is not on there. She's not talking about component-based design and the move to JavaScript in CSS. Oh, CSS, sorry, in JavaScript. getting yep, right way around. Yep. But she did allude to the fact that, they, you know, that complexity uh, that, you know, it still uh, always has the potential to produce standards, but it does move it and makes it more complicated and switches the normal route of how the web is built with JavaScript been an addition to the html and css you know so we'll talk about that later because it's quite interesting how there has been a shift back i think for those people who came in with the javascript back to the html again i think so even since her talk i think but that's for later episodes Mm. i think but but yeah just just to re-emphasize that point we, we really don't
0: know what the destination of this is but we know that what we're doing at the moment is is probably more akin to the spirit it's got the standards it's going to be hopefully consumable by all sorts of different people who mm. can consume things with their eyes or with their ears or whatever it may be and uh, and it, it does feel like a we're going back to something which got lost by things like tables and flash and all of that
1: yeah that's why i think we're always with this stuff where everybody seems to be looking backwards to sort of see where we got to where we are now but i think interesting because her her table of sort of dates on it um you know, doesn't reflect my reality in the real world because, you know, markets are are so much different, aren't they? You know, when something may have gone out of fashion to those people who technically know, like her, who work on the spec, uh, reality is it become it can become even more popular. So things like Bootstrap and jQuery uh, were still growing up to sort of a year ago and still have a dominance in the market. And, you know, something like Bootstrap doesn't, I think it's still experimental when it comes to grid. So, you you know, uh, and we're you know, Grid goes back to 2017. So we're catching up. So you see how things probably, are. Ten, I would say, in the real world, things are about 10 years out on her um, kind of history, if you like. Yeah, she's very much a thought
0: leader, though, isn't she? And and I think that's also something which I find remarkable about people like Jen is just Mm. that capacity to stare into a crystal ball and imagine what could be and then collaborate with other people to... Build the the spec so that that can be, and then communicate with the browser manufacturers so that all of that can be implemented. All of this stuff going on in the background, but mm. just sort of feeling, you know, feeling into the future as to what it can be, and then you and I and people like us, we get the we get the trickle down from that once it's been built. <laughs> yeah. We then start to explore what what we can do with it. So it really does make people like her seem. You know, almost messianic because they <laughs> they can they can build the future and imagine what that would look like and and have the have the passion to push push their agenda and their vision through.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's people like yeah. The, the, there's always somebody I think in the working groups on a, a spec at the time. So we got her, and then we got uh, Rachel Andrew, who we talked about last week, and we'll be talking sooner about Miriam Suzanne, who effectively is the same sort of role in the working groups when it comes to container queries and the thing. It's so, I'm so thankful that we've got people like that who can kind of relate it, that they, they built websites and they can relate what's going on on the technical side of the W3C into stuff that we might understand how we might put it to use, you know? so Yeah, it,
0: it, it's interesting. I wonder what the, um, and again, I'm going off-piste a little bit here, but I wonder what the incentive for them is. So obviously they've got the time to do it, so they they must have some sort of you know job. So in Jen's case, I think you said uh, worked at Mozilla for a long time and perhaps is at Apple now. Although that I don't know if that's still the case. Mm. So these these companies, it, it maybe there's a philanthropic element to it. So we're talking about you know standards based and it'll be able to be viewed by everybody. But maybe also it's just it's just good commercial sense. You know, if Google's Chrome browser, which seems to be really the browser of choice for almost any part of the world that you care to go into if it, all of these things are built in it makes the it makes whatever they build more likely to succeed as well and if we can convert everything over to the web and rely less on i don't know proprietary software sitting on a desktop computer if it can all be handled online that works for them as well yeah. i suppose so that kind of philanthropic versus company um
1: discussion is quite interesting yeah. Shall we just um, move on a little bit to? Yeah. We've well, we put a little section here, just some questions for ourselves on what does this mean for us? And I kind of put the answers in here as well, which was, well, we do, the, I do feel there is a bit of re education that's needed going on. I mean, we covered it a little bit last time in the sense that we were referring to the fact that. Uh, Rachel Andrews says it's often easier to teach somebody who doesn't know CSS, CSS today because we kind of have to think about it in a very different way because suddenly an outpouring of a load of changes have come to it. And and a new mental model, the intrinsic mental model, I think, means that we have to kind of re-educate ourselves. So uh, not everybody can you know, set up a podcast, but uh, that's our way of doing it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it, it, but there is a lot to – I don't know if on-learn is the right word. But there's a lot, uh, like I said earlier. There's a lot. There's another layer, just a slap on top. Yeah. But A lot of the layer which is slapped on top means that the layers beneath. There's bits of that that no longer are worth thinking about anymore. And it's it's kind of figuring out which bits of the new knowledge, which bits replace the bits that I used to know, you know. And and I think that's going to be the, the the journey that I'm on because I'm very much at the beginning of all this and I've got a lot of re-educating to do. And for me, it's quite hard because I am constantly thinking, "Yeah, but I could do that with with something that." I, and then you figure out, "Oh no, but then it wouldn't enable this possibility." Wait a minute. So there is quite a lot of re-education, and I think I'm sure you're right. If you're a if you're a, a person just going into college or just beginning on your web development journey, I think you've pr- you've probably got the uh, a shot at doing far more learning than I will do because mine <laughs> is going to be bundled up with. Forgetting what I've already
1: learned <laughs> <laughs> yes um, I mean I, I we put down I put down setting better expectations of the web for clients, and um what I mean is I think what this is trying to do is get us a little bit back to that we are putting out content in HTML and the styling goes over the top of that, where I think for most clients, their expectation is and their experience is a pretty sight which they see in their one particular view and say that, that I like something like that yeah because that's their experience they they probably won't understand unless said otherwise that you know the importance of good HTML in terms of helping them to get visitors because it's you know search friendly and um, being able to reach many more people and designing over the top of that so I often think there's a lot of trying to not only cope with the fact that we're almost flipping the way you design upside down. Also, I think, you know, if you have to do it for somebody else, they usually come in with an expectation of, oh, show me a website and I'll tell you if that's what I like the look of, you know. But there's so much more to it than that, isn't there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How much of this do you think you're going to be um, pushing forwards into your client's lap? Or, I mean, are you going to be talking about any of this? Will the word intrinsic design ever exit your mouth when you're talking to clients? Or is it more about, okay, this is, look, I'll show you roughly what it'll look like when we, when we use <laughs> a different variety of browsers. Are you even going to get into that? Are you just going to, I mean, I think the word responsive design has landed so well out in the real world that I think even non-technical people understand that, you know, there's some, something going on when you look at it on a mobile that's different to a desktop but do you, do you feel that you need to educate your clients with the technicalities I have, of this?
1: I, well, as I've learned, I think I've started talking about it differently. I do talk about mm-hmm. it as in terms of the content that we need because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how it's styled to a lot of people. I mean, if that content isn't reaching everybody who might want it and that search engines, etc. can't see it. So we always start with the content and then we say how oh, we're going to beautify that content. From yeah. There. yeah. And I think that's it. And because of that, that approach to it it makes a lot more sense to them so usually the first conversation is about how the you know how the message is going to go and reach people you know so the content comes first the design is a is a definite yeah. second so, right so okay. I, th- I think it's easy to explain to them in that way you know um, if it had no design it would still do quite well you know as many badly designed sites if they've got the fundamentals underneath will, can do quite well you know well, that, that, uh, it's uh, interesting uh,
0: though because that's kind of a profound shift for a lot of people isn't it because really the 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 building of websites it very much felt like the 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 design was central to what the what the client wanted you know it's like well okay how's it going to look and you fill it up with lorem and then then you pull the lorem out and you know hope for the best whereas this is exactly the opposite let's just start with the content let's get the message right get the words right get all the assets right
1: and then Right. Well, you, do you know what? I mean, that's it. So the next point in probably changing how we organize web projects, and right. she alludes to that in the talk, doesn't she, was saying the typical thing is that someone has an idea, then they get a rough draft of that idea, better draft of that idea, and then it goes to the person to turn that into the code. And that really is the way it's always been done. But in a way, it's the wrong way around, because you know, there is something to know about how that's, the intrinsic bit, I wouldn't use it with clients, but I think the intrinsic is saying that it's still intrinsic to that web standards, HTML means of communication. The design is a part of the content. And that's in a way, while we're while she's doing all her clever experiments, which she does, which we put links to on the show notes there to her layout uh, land where she does experiments. She's coming in from the I want it pretty and the designer, but knows from a standards perspective, she needs to have this good, clear, well-marked up communication in the HTML. But I think what she's seeing is, oh, I can have lots more fun with this. And I think that's the way I'm trying to sell it now on to clients without using intrinsic because it doesn't mean it's just you know it sounds like tech talk, doesn't it? Yeah, but it,
0: it's interesting because it, it feels like the workflow
1: of a yeah. project
0: is amended. So you know, rather yeah. than the design coming first or at the same time as the content, the, the content comes first, the design then comes second. But it doesn't it doesn't marginalise the importance of the design it just yeah. you know and it's not like designers are going to go out of work Exactly, in fact, they're going to have a lot more <laughs> a lot more to think about but it just puts it in a different position in the yes. in the project workflow it, it it comes after the content whereas i, f- I feel very often it, it was the other way around
1: yeah yes and exactly because you can't control the devices that people are coming in on their experience and of course something that jen talks about and lots of other things i'm not sure in that talk but otherwise she's very keen to point out that you know, whatever design you do, if somebody sticks it in reader mode or they decide they have high yeah. contrast on yeah. their computer or they're on the screen readers, all that, all of what you designed isn't there. So the essentials we all must agree is that everybody can get this content and that's a well-marked up HTML. But I think what she's making as a designer is like, wow, there's so much clever stuff and actually it's a harder task for the designer now because you can't fix them into these boxes any longer. There's come in different devices. So now you have to be really inventive and imagine lots of different flows for your content. So people will get lots lots of different experiences, all of which will be great from a designer. So I think the designer is more important now, but I just think the traditional approach of the designer where they would just create something that looked pretty with just their colors and that's your box where you got to stick that text in there and this is where you're going to stick this widget. And that. That approach to it doesn't work. The it'll be. Thing, I don't think.
0: It'll be quite interesting because in the past, you, you have had so many conversations with designers where you would you would get the design and then you would figure out that the content wouldn't fit in the design. Now, mm. it, now it's entirely possible that that conversation will go in reverse and you'll give them the content and the designers will say there's too much content we can't <laughs> we can't get the content into anything like a reasonable design so there'll be there'll be interesting trailer you know your menu is, it's lovely but there's 97 items in it we can't <laughs> we can't yeah. deal with that you've put everything front and center so there's just we have to figure out new new ways to have these conversations and new workflows to make it make it i work. think
1: i think Nathan, you put on your tab just for those on youtube i think you i did put that uh, her labs where she's got lots of Little experiments I mean these are a bit out of date because there's so much more you can do but you know I, I mean if you make that responsive yeah
0: responsive. so for those that are listening to this we're showing uh, and I'll yeah. give you the um I'll give you the URL it's labs.gensimmons.com I'm sure David will put that into the show notes but what we're staring at is is a is a uh, like a desktop ish layout but everything mm-hmm. is on its side and as I as I reduce it you can see that essentially lots of the different pieces, it now looks like it's in two halves where the, the top half is moving up and the bottom half appears to be moving down a little bit. Then suddenly everything that was at forty five degrees at some point went to mm-hmm. to normal orientation. Yeah. And as we can see, I mean it it just so smart. So it
1: dramatically
0: changes the way it looks. Based upon the design, and, and if you're watching the video, you'll be able to get an, an impression of that. But yeah, go to labs.jensimmons.com and uh, and just play with the uh, the width and the viewport, and you'll oh, it's so clever.
1: I yeah, love it. and it changes, doesn't it? I think you know that idea that you might go, oh, I've had an idea, and everybody because what we've always tried to do with all our designs is when we said, okay, the visual design is what we want, and we want everyone to experience it. We've been trying to bang these kind of square pegs into round holes with it trying to make the code underneath work and and, you know but that's it that's i mean you know it's that kind of thing which i think is just clever design i can't do because okay there isn't one experience for people but you can't force an experience that's going to be brilliant but what you can do now is you can create a range of experiences um, right, right, and and it looked it, it, every single.
0: Even if you do a tiny modification to the to the width of the the window that you're looking at it in, so I'm just going to move it by what I consider to be a centimeter on my screen. I know that unit is of no use to anybody, but you get the idea. Some it's changed. It, it, like it, you can't predict where it's going to go. I mean, yeah. you can roughly predict where it's going to go, but and there we go, little tiny change again, and another one, and another, and that, then there's suddenly a dramatic change. Yeah. and then another dramatic change about now, and then we go back out. Little change. It's just you're right. I mean, I wouldn't have the faintest yeah. idea what she's done here, but it's a. Uh, and
1: it's she can beautiful. put all the text on an angle because the space is there big, but it will not yeah. work small. So yeah. I think I think it's a great time for design. Sometimes when you talk about the web standards, which I'm very keen on getting the HTML right, sounds like you're poo-poo in it. And I think that's what Jen's talk does for us. comes in with a designer's perspective where you go, yeah, sure, it needs to be good. Everybody needs to be able to access the content you make for the web. That's just a given, isn't it? But then you can still be beautiful with stuff. You just have to think a little bit differently, I think. You have to work from the content rather than the design and then stick the content in it. You make the the content uh, flexible and interesting. So it, it only needs it doesn't have more space than it needs. But yeah. Has yeah, I'm with you. And I think yeah. that I think it's going to be
0: interesting for people who uh, create these websites, especially if their role is the, the content, let's say, is encapsulating that to sort of hand it off to a designer to suggest what that design could look like. It, yeah, I think there's a whole new set of skills that we're, we're going to have to get new conversations to get into, new ways yeah. of figuring out new workflows. But ultimately,
1: I think we'll manage it. Yeah, okay. I think it translates to to i think any client or the type of client i work with when it's just a solo owner you know it's easy to get over the fact you want to get your message out there the easiest way is to make sure you get good html that google can read for all of that stuff and then we can have some real adventures about how this content's going to design which gets us back to the let's start with the content you know so yeah it's, it's a great system i think so yeah different from what we've done i think in the past we should probably plug um, Jen Simmons' YouTube channel as well. She's got a, yes. a channel called
0: Layout Land. The um, I imagine you'll be able to Google that, but if you can't, the it will be in the show notes. And it's um, yeah. it's video after video after video of her uh, showing all sorts of interesting um, things that you can do. I haven't consumed even a tenth of what she's. Done, but it's it's all really fascinating and breaks breaks apart one
1: little problem at a time, and it's um, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, I mean, the only problem with it is that some of the stuff has moved on. You might do some of the stuff differently, but it's still. I think it's a useful. She's she's good at talking as well. So yeah, yeah, she is. (laughs) Very good. How do you feel? Have we, have we managed to get through that episode? I think or we have. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. we have. Shall we just lead on quickly, because it does lead on from our talk a bit, into the next one? We'll, we've got two episodes, which we'll do next, which will really be talking about component-based design, which you didn't talk about. And at the time of our talk in 2018, we didn't have container queries. And I think that's component-based design can come out of that. But we've also got something called web components. So I think next time, I think we'll talk about component-based design, because when you're looking at Jen Simmons, this is really somebody who's making a document uh, look beautiful, basically. It's kind of how we started with the web, and that's all she sort of refers to. But there is this sort of other movement, isn't there, where we, well, actually, the web is just these little blocks of UI that we build Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll t- I think next time we'll be, that's just a little lead-in. It sort of comes out of her talk, because in some way, she makes reference to it, but doesn't cover it. Okay, so component-based design,
0: container queries, all that kind of stuff coming up in episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we we're taking it, each episode is just recorded when it's recorded. Um, yeah. You know, we'll get them out as we get them out. So it may be that we manage one every week or maybe it'll t- fall into a, a shorter cadence or longer cadence, who knows. But for now, I guess we've wrapped up number four um, yeah. and we'll see you on the NoScript show next time for the... Those of you that are listening, the website is being um, updated with the bits and pieces that we've talked about. And you can find it at noscript.show. And then you just do forward slash and the number of the episode. So this will be noscript.show forward slash four. And uh, yeah, there we go. I will see you next time, David. Yeah, lovely. Bye bye. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always a pleasure chatting to David Wormsley, no longer on the WP Builds podcast. But as I said, now on the NoScript Show podcast, you can find that by heading to the website noscript.show. After a few more weeks, we'll curtail hijacking the WP Builds podcast with that new show, and we'll return to normal service, although there will be some interesting wrinkles, some new content, but I'll reveal more about that a little bit closer to the time. But please head over there and subscribe in your favourite podcast player so that content doesn't dry up. Remember, if you're subscribing to that, why not subscribe to this? WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe all of the different ways that you can find us and subscribe to us and possibly share the content that we create. Speaking of that, head to our schedule page, WPBuilds.com forward slash schedule to find out more about that. The WPBuilds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting, that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. Once more, go.me forward slash WP Builds. And sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP Builds Podcast. Okay, that's all I've got for you this week. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Join us on Monday for the This Week in WordPress show, 2pm UK time, as always with our live events. It's at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. We'll also be at that URL for the speeded up show with Sabrina Zidane on Thursday. And as I said before, if you head to the schedule page, you'll be able to find out all the other things that we're doing live this week. There may be something, there may be not, I'm not entirely sure. You'll find out for yourself, I am sure. Okay, that's it. I'm going to fade in some terrible, cheesy guitar music this week and say, stay safe. Have a good week. Bye-bye for now.